Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got a boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. Bonnie, 2020 is off to a great start. You know, we can see clearly now that everything has come into focus. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, yep. it's just, it's it's off and running. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been good so far. Good uh, first five days or whatever. Absolutely. Uh, crushing it. I was crushing gonna, it. I was going to say, how's your New Year's going? But apparently it's uh, it's going quite good. I've been off for the first five days of the year, so oh. I am I am good. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, obviously you are. Well, um, you know, unfortunately, in terms of clarity, uh, there's not a whole lot happening uh, here stateside in the winter, so we will get to that in a minute. But uh, really kind of the big story weather-wise slash science-wise is uh, the massive fires that are burning in Australia. And yes. You know, from a weather perspective, you know, obviously we see some video, um, hear some audio coming out of Australia, but there's not a whole lot of, you know, content that we're seeing in the United States outside of, you know, maybe a three or four minute package on the news. But from the weather aspect, um, satellite pictures and satellite loops have been pretty impressive. Um, You know, I know that uh, Radar Scope and some of the other radar companies were talking about how. You know, these massive pyrocumulus clouds are now being picked up on radar, which, again, not really nothing new. We see that here in the United States, um, you know, out here on the West Coast occasionally when we have big fires or you guys get fires back in the Midwest. But uh, from the weather aspect, hot, dry and windy is never, never, never a good thing when it comes to conditions, uh, especially in the outback. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. I mean, dry, windy is just fueling the fire, honestly. And I can't, sometimes I don't even want to think about those fires because all I can think about is the wildlife right. in the area and how, because people know what to do for the most part. They know to leave, they know how to get away, but animals are just kind of like, they don't. And I don't know, it just breaks my heart thinking about all the animals that are not making it out. Yeah, and I mean and it's not it's not one of those things where it's, you know, a couple are dying. It's you yeah. know, a magnitude of thousands and if not more. Yeah. And it it is sad. It is heartbreaking. Um I heard one report earlier in the week that they say possibly half of the koala population is possibly oh. gone. Um and those, you know, listen, those cuddly bears are great and we all love them. However, those things move extremely slow. And yeah. when these fires are moving so fast, it's just one of those things where, you know, kangaroos can move quickly. Um, other, you know, animals can move quickly, but a lot of that and a lot of those creatures can't. And that's yeah. that's really the heartbreaking, heartbreaking aspect of it. Yeah. And that's that's what's making me sad. And I mean, you know, especially if you're surrounded on all sides, it doesn't matter how fast you are. You can't get out. Like, I don't know if you saw the video of the fire truck yeah, that was overrun by flames and they just had to like hang out in the truck for a while. And that, that had to have been like freaking scary. They put something up 
against the windows. I don't know if you saw that in the video, but I don't know if that was like something that deters the heat or something or helps keep the heat out. I don't know, but that was, that was interesting, but that was like a very scary video. Yeah. I don't even know how they could have. Oh, I want to say it's probably one of their protective blankets. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, again, out here on the West coast and, you know, just me being me working in news and being around this stuff and being fascinated by, you know, forest fires and fire meteorology and all that stuff. Um, firefighters carry these little protective blankets with them. And in the event that something like this happens, they basically can pull this thing over and create this little mini dome and it reflects the heat out. And hopefully the fire is moving fast enough that it allows, you know, it to overrun you, but you're still going to live. It's not going to burn you. Uh, and it won't burn through the material. You'll be able to survive. But, uh, yeah, that stuff is scary. And, you know, when firefighters are having to deal with being overrun, you know that the fire is super intense. Because, yeah. you know, you got great forecasters and the fire meteorology specialists, you know, they don't ever want to put any human beings in, you know, harm's way. But occasionally conditions change and conditions can change uh, pretty rapidly. Um, you know, we see explosive growth happen. Um, on satellites, especially with these fires over the last couple of days. So, um, you know, like I said, my heart goes out to the first responders. And mm-hmm. I know that, you know, the call has gone out worldwide to have more resources come in. You were saying before we started taping, California is sending um, a bunch of firefighters to help. <clears throat> I know a friend of mine, a um, gentleman by the name of John Saltenberger, who is an Oregon AMS member um, and a fire meteorologist and a specialist, uh, former National Weather Service guy, but now works for another government agency, goes down to Australia quite frequently to help them with coordinating fire resources and all that stuff. So I'm sure he's probably, you know, in Australia now or on his way very shortly. But uh, it, it is a big story, and there is help coming. It's just, you know, they got to get there, and, you know, they really need the conditions to change. Yeah, and you're right. It's getting there. That's the deal because Australia is yeah. not, you know, down the road. But I guess of all the states to send somebody, California is the closest. So that's good. Right. But I mean, I just feel like, you know, you hear wildfires around here and it's a story for a week or so. And then, you know, they start to tone down and they, yeah. and they just haven't been able to get these under control for weeks now. And it's, it's really scary. It is. And again, it's not that they're not prepared or they don't have the resources. They do because they deal with this, it seems like, mm-hmm. every summer. This one is just maybe on the, you know, more extreme side. Yeah. And, you know, again, it's not like these areas that are burning are, you know, densely populated. There's a lot of wilderness. And so, you know, some of the thought is, okay, you let a wildfire burn, right? It's part of nature. It's what happens. Uh, and until you know really what, you know, caused it. You know, I guess, you know, you have the controlled burn aspect, right, where you're just going to kind of maybe let it burn itself out. But eventually it gets to a point where it starts to creep into a metro area or it overruns mm-hmm. a village. And then, you know, you have to take a different approach to it. So, uh, like I said, our hearts go out to you guys, you know, those dealing with it and first responders, because you guys are doing a unthinkable task. Yeah, so. absolutely. So scary. I I don't know if i could do it so yeah definitely they're the real heroes right now right so right and you know fire you know fire behavior is its own science it's a thing that you know a lot of people study because um you know we think meteorology is pretty unpredictable you know throw in a bunch of excess heat 
and that can cause things to happen uh, pretty quickly. I mean, it changes yeah. your dynamic of your atmosphere structure real quick. So, well, and the deal with fires is any slight wind change, and yep. then you're in trouble. Oh, you're yeah. now in the line of fire. You know, so it's that's the scary part too. Is fighting it on the ground is is. I mean, any change in direction, and now you need to, you know, haul butt and get out of that, get out of the way. Right. There's a really good documentary on Netflix, and I want to say it's called Fire Chaser. Don't quote me if I'm wrong there, but it's a look inside L.A. County Fire and Cal Fire, and it's fascinating. Uh, Go watch it. They get into a little bit of the meteorology side with dealing with fires, but... It's, you know, showing how these guys actively respond and fight fires. It's a great watch. Um, several episodes. Highly recommend it. It's a great, you know, Saturday afternoon binge watch series. It's, you know, five or six episodes. But you really get to see how intense these things are, you know, from a first-person aspect. And, uh, again, our hearts go out to you guys, and we thank you because you guys are really doing the work of, you know, saints. So thank you for what you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll continue to watch the fires and see how all of that progresses, but hopefully a change happens soon. Hopefully they can get some rain or something happening right. down there. Right. Uh, and forecast models are just kind of calling for some of the same. So knock on Ugh. wood that it does change here. So, but speaking of changes and speaking of needing rain, Bonnie, this winter has been incredibly boring the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it really has. It really, really has. Um, I mean, you know, we got some rain like a week ago. It rained for like an entire day. That was great. But that's been the extent of it. We have nothing going on here, nothing even on the horizon. So it's just been pleasant weather. <laughs> right. <laughs> as weird as it is to complain about that, which it's nice, actually. It's been nice cold but not like frigid so that's good but yeah i mean we just have no action going on right now right a friend of mine is down in lawton uh visiting family at fort sill and she's like this has been great you know between going between texas and oklahoma has been awesome i've been out walking every day it's 65 to 75 depending on where we are and you know blah 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 and i'm just like yeah okay whatever yeah i know it's been a very very <laughs> chill winter right and i hopefully it'll pick up i mean if not then the countdown to spring is on <laughs> right um you go look at a pull up in the national weather service like national map where it displays all their watches and warnings and i mean outside of the santa Ana winds kicking up in southern california and even those are pretty mild by santa Ana standards um not a whole lot a little bit of flooding in the south but I mean, the big highlight for me would be the entire state of Minnesota right now is under a wind advisory. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's pretty impressive for a whole state to be under that, but right. I mean, it's just a wind advisory. <laughs> yeah, it's not anything big. I mean, the the highlight for me last night was seeing a, what was it, a low water advisory. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. Where was that? that I believe it was in uh, the Chesapeake Bay, like up in one of the tributaries, but yeah, oh. they were worried about low water. Okay. So wind blowing it, I get it. A little bit strong wind pushes some water away. Uh, yeah, but when that's kind of the highlight for me, it's a slow winter. Yeah, yeah. 
And I mean, I, I would say the only exciting thing going on this winter is the amount of severe weather that right. has been going on down around like Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama. I feel like every week they've had a pretty decent risk. So that's very interesting for it being winter. Right. And, you know, as you just alluded, severe weather is, you know, what chase season is what still four months away in theory, roughly late yeah. March, April, May, somewhere in there. Um, but when SPC, which has been quiet the last week and a half, uh, issues an outlook for days six and seven, it really piques your interest. And yeah. that's exactly what happened today. Yep. Um, they've got a pretty good risk for pretty much the whole state of Mississippi and Alabama and like parts of Louisiana. Right. And I think what, what did we say that it was the fourth day, six and seven that's ever been issued in the month of January? Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, pretty, pretty intense. You go through, you look yeah. at the discussion and they're saying, hey, you know, it's capable of supporting severe convection, um, you know, by the way, so it's called the arc latex. So it's uh, expected across parts of the arc latex into the southeast U.S. So A-R-K-L-A-T-E-X, arc latex. I like that. Or arc latex, <laughs> but uh, we're going to uh, go with arc latex. Yeah, yeah. There's I like word. that. There's a new word for latex. you today. <laughs> uh, the arc latex. Okay, I like it. Yeah, so that's day six. Uh, day seven, like I said, it, you know, we're looking at Mississippi, uh, Alabama, Florida panhandle, Louisiana panhandle, if that's really, but it's a boot, right? Yeah, I would say it's a boot, the toe of the boot. Yeah. Yep, Arc So, um, yeah, great. You know, there's a chance. It's 15%, but, again, when it's days six and seven, you're taking notice. And, you know, I'm sure that 15% will probably go higher as we get closer, as it becomes days, you know, five, four, and then three, two, one, obviously. But um, models have been hinting at it, and they pulled the trigger this morning and said, hey, there's a chance, and again, something that isn't necessarily expected in January, but as we get closer this time next week, please pay attention, especially if you're in the south, because if storms are starting to fire, um, they're probably going to be pretty bad. Yeah. Well, and there must be a certain degree of certainty and confidence to right. go ahead and pull the trigger on that seven days out and not wait, you know, two or three days till we get closer. So exactly. that must mean there's pretty pretty high confidence that something's going to happen in about a week in that area so yep. certainly like you said keep on your toes and stay weather aware yep you gotta you absolutely have to um and you know when models are hitting at it you know days you know five six seven eight and they are pretty confident and you do pull the trigger that's great it's you know solid meteorology we talked about you know the last couple of shows of Hey, if we're now, you know, able to forecast down to an hour, which was a joke if you listen to the show, one of the forecasts <laughs> here in the state of Oregon was, you know, laying out timelines of, you know, snow, showers and flurries between 10 and 11 a.m. Um, <laughs> you know, prop, props on that end. But yeah, again, day six and seven, you look at it. OK, you know, like you said, there has to be a high degree of confidence. Yep. So I think the model writing will now begin for this part of the country. I think you're doing some model writing oh up gosh. in your area, right? It is. It, it's nonstop. And unfortunately, it's the GFS and the Euro for the most part in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, what's happening. But um, we have a couple, you know, 
I will say this. I'm really blessed to have such a great group of people and weather nerds and professionals and enthusiasts and whatever we want to call ourselves that are into model analysis and able to read models and everybody in the brother has a paid, you know, membership to weather bell and whatever else. But let me just go through and let me point out something that was just posted here within the hour. Okay. Today's GFS model run. So if we're looking at the six Z which came out what 4am no uh zero z was last night we saw it 10 so yeah 6am is when it came out or 4am is when it came out and here's what i quote today's gfs model run snow total for the next 16 days please take with a grain of salt the entire pacific northwest and even out along the coastline is averaging i kid you not I kid you not, at least eight and a half inches of snow for the Portland airport PDX, 22.8 inches of snow for the Hillsborough airport, which is the closest to me, 20.4 inches of snow Wow! up and down the Willamette Valley, averaging at least 13 inches of snow. The Cascades are going to get hard, hit hard, max 158 inches of snow. Okay. That's just one model run. That was just the 06. Okay. And that's for when? Over the next two weeks? That is for the next two weeks. So it initialized on the 5th and then it uh, went out valid through the 21st of January. Wow. So that's just the zeros. That's just one of the, you know, full on members looking at the GFS. Okay. That's what's going to happen over the next 16 days. But what did the euro say? Don't we like the euro a little better we, for winter? We, we do trust the euro a little bit. Um, and so I was like, okay, you know. <clears throat> the euro is a little bit more on board this morning. Um, when I'm looking at it right now, it's it's there. It says the same two systems the GFS does, but the heaviest snow on the GFS is just after the time runs out on the euro run. So, you know, yeah, yeah euro says it's there, but... So, uh, one of the guys posts a, a rotor program that uh, extrapolates the data out. So, you see the high, the low, the A50 millibar temps, the change in the temperature, your 500 millibar heights, sky co- uh, covered percentage, wind, um, and 925 millibars, basically the surface, 24-hour precip. And you go back and you look at, okay, so here's last night's 0Z, blah. The 6Z GFS, much more exciting. Seven days out, all of a sudden, look, it's there. It's day seven, right? So we're now into that higher degree of confidence. Well, with a GFS every winter, it seems like days, you know, 8, 9, 10 through 16 is, you know, snowpocalypse. Yeah. Well, the 12Z just got posted. And the 12Z is completely backed off everything. And again, there's still a major snowstorm, but it's now days 9, 10, 11 again. Wow. So it's just, it's one of those things where we, we're literally every, every six hours. It's here's what this is saying. Here's what's this saying. We've all fallen in love again with the 18Z, which is what we lovingly, lovingly refer to as the drunk uncle of the GFS model run, <laughs> where it's just like, and we're going to throw out the most crazy solution and we're going to stick with it. Right. And, Everyone's and, getting 300 inches of snow. Good right. Luck. And the temperature is going <laughs> to drop, you know, to minus eight. And, you know, that will be the low and your high temperature will be six under, you know, 
Uh, a northwest wind of 26 miles an hour and expect up to four and a half inches of melted precip, which would equate to, you know, 10 to 1 ratio, 40 inches of snow. And you're just like, please make it happen. And then the zero Z comes out and everybody loves it. And it's like flurries oh, yeah. and highs in the 20s. Like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and people are just bashing their head against the wall like, oh, my gosh. So... <laughs> Like everyone's like, do we go buy the bread and milk or do we not go buy the bread and milk? All right. Like, what yeah. do we do? Yeah, it's all about kale here in the Northwest. People oh. buy kale, which is stupid. <laughs> to survive the the oh, winter yeah. apocalypse, they need the kale. That's good, though. That's good. Low carb, low fat. That's Yeah, good. it's great. It's exactly what we all need. Yeah. Yeah, no, no it is. It not really. really. Is. Good New Year's resolution right there. It's comedy. So, yeah, people are just, <laughs> you know, bashing their head against the walls and, you know, <sighs> As a meteorology guy and as somebody that looks at this, I know it's tough to, you know, accurately say, you know, hey, just a heads up. You know, we're getting into that time where we could see a trend to colder weather. And obviously our models have depicted it. The ensembles have depicted it. Um, And if you look at the ensemble graphs, I mean, every single member is all over the place. You know, one wants to take us into basically subtropical warmth at 65 degrees while another mm-hmm. member crashes us down into the mid-20s. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we'll take the mean of that and it's 40 in this straight climo and you're like, ooh, this is fun. You know, nothing. Well, and then when it comes to like snow totals like that, it's like, okay, so here's the gist. We could either get a few flurries right. or 700 inches of snow. Anywhere in that range is what we could get. And you're just like, what do we do with that? Right. <laughs> And how do you how do you go on TV and say that, or how do you put out your discussion for the National Weather Service and say that? Uh, see, I'm telling you, winter weather is the hardest ever to predict, especially that far out, like eight, nine, ten days. Like, come on, it's insane. It really is insane. The fact that you have to sit there and watch the models every six hours, and if you're a snow lover, you hope and pray that it shows up in day six or seven. Yeah. Oh, so, man. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, right. Buckle up for safety while you're riding those models. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so many so many uh, people are just, you know, they're trying not to jump off a ledge and not saying that they would, but it's just, you know, and everybody gets punchy and everybody starts mm-hmm. making fun of each other. And, you know, there are a couple TV guys who I love and respect in Portland that are big snow, you know, honks. They love it. And so yeah. when they see it, you know, they'll post, oh, my gosh, you know, models trending 10 days away. And you're just like, no, why would you do that? You're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. And it's yep. not good. And, I, and I'm one of those guys that I'm going to defend my TV and my National Weather Service guys until I'm blue in the face. But sometimes you're just like, oh, please don't make me do this today. It's just, you know, you would think after all these years across the country of of predicting things out a week, a week and a half away, and then it not happening that, you know, we would start to back off on saying anything that far out. Like, I mean, around here, especially when it comes to like severe weather, for example, we might say, okay, in a week, slight chance for storms, and that's it. Like, we will, it's like right. a mention. And then if we get closer and it's still there and it's getting more intense, then it'll get mentioned again and again. And then three, four, five days out, they'll be like, okay, here's a day we need to watch. Da, 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 da. So it's just, you would think, especially with winter weather, that it would just not be, let's not build the hype two weeks out because there's really no guarantee. Right. But the hype is what keeps everybody interested. And, you know, I guess, you know, hype, hype drives ratings and, Again, that's a discussion for a different day when we, you know, dive into TV and radio ratings. But 
Right. Yeah. It, it's brutal. You're right. We need a seatbelt and, you know, it's just <laughs> helmet. Waiting. Oh, helmet, you know, hard alcoholic beverage of your choice. <laughs> Elbow um, pads. Everything. Everything. Give me a padded room with bubble wrap <laughs> because that's what, you know, this sometimes drives you to. And a bottle of wine with a crazy straw. Oh, my gosh. How awesome is that, by the way? By the way, crazy straws are great. They really are. I don't, Especially I, if you can get one big enough for a bottle of wine. Just right? get a bubble bath. That's nice. Right. Or, you know, if you really are cheap, just go to Home Depot and, you know, go cut off a three-foot section of that, you know, clear PVC, you know, plastic yeah. tubing. There you go. Yeah. Boom. Done. Yeah. And that way you get more beverage for, per sip. See? Science right there. Right. Drink smarter, not harder. <laughs> Gosh, we sound like we're a bunch of alcoholics here on B squared, right? <laughs> Which we're really not. Yeah, no, we're really not. <laughs> I think you want. You said you had a daiquiri, your you know one margarita on New Year's. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, wait Woke a, up at like nine a.m. the next day, feeling great. So I feel like I was like the only one not hungover and dying on New Year's Day. Wait, wait a rally, and I had to work at a bar, so there's no way in the world I was going to drink. So see. Look at us. We prefer water. Right. Water and maybe some caffeine just to get us through the day. Yeah, it's true. Like a pot of coffee right. per day. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take a cherry Coke. It all it works. So. Oh, there you go. That's good. Yeah. But, yeah, we need we need all of these things. And we need, you know, copious amounts to get through the, uh, the amount of severe model riding that we're all doing out here in the Pacific Northwest. But, hey, well, if it comes to fruition, by this time next week, Bonnie, we're looking at a major snowstorm. So... <laughs> Yeah, well, you better crossed. get you a snowmobile, and yeah. you better tie the tennis rackets onto your shoes, right? And all of that, so that you can, you know, get around. By the way, you know, I, I I've said a little bit that I work at Amazon's, you know, distribution hub. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many snow blowers I've processed in the last three weeks. <laughs> oh my god! And I'm just like, people, you're buying a snowblower on Amazon. This is amazing. See, okay, here's the deal. Like, how does a snowblower work? Does it just blow snow? But what if it's a wet snow? It doesn't matter. Um, basically, it's a, you know, it's a gas-powered or electric power engine, and it has an auger which feeds snow into it, and then it is shot out the side. You know, the pressure of the auger forces the snow up and away. So, oh, so you can like drive it down the driveway and just shoot it over into exactly. the yard or something. Exactly. Or dump it in, if you're really annoying, dump it into your neighbor's driveway. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. It's a good way to get at them, though, like if they're like bad neighbors. Oh, yeah, totally. And hey, it, like, watch it, this. Hey, and, it pre- and it prevents you from having to shovel snow, which we all know is a bad thing to do anyways. You know, the yeah. number of heart attacks and deaths in the winter are attributed to people out shoveling snow, especially which the heavy wet snow. Which is crazy. I know, right? It's crazy. It is a combination of being in, you know, thermal clothes, Mm -hmm. exercising, and, you know, overexerting yourself. Yeah. And am I the only one who feels like it's harder to breathe in cold air? It's true. Well, it totally is. I mean, it's in, and that, that, that gets also into the science of, you know, being out and about and having issues where, you know, you're trying to breathe and your body has to, you know, warm the air before it can kind of do anything with it. So. Yeah. Just like we so know. So note to self, don't uh, shovel snow. Just don't even. Right. Buy a snowblower. They are available on Amazon. <laughs> and if you get them through the post office, chances are I'll process them. 
take them in a box and they're not incredibly heavy. So, I mean, it's a, it's a light model. So I'm not. You need like a stamp or something that was like, this was processed by Bobby and you just like. Oh my gosh. Stick it on all the boxes. So everybody knows. Right. We, you know, it's funny is when we go through training, we're told not to do that. Because apparently oh, really? people have, you know, like they see a package meant for their friends. So they'll put like a happy face or a star on it. But then again, you also run into the thing where people see like celebrities addresses and they take a photo oh. of it. Oh, yeah. So. Wow. Have yeah. you seen any celebrity addresses? No, I don't. Honestly, to, to be totally honest with you, I look at the city where they're going and that's about it. Oh, yeah. You don't look at names or anything. No, so you're not like, oh, this is Johnny Depp's snowblower. Yeah, no. I, it's literally like if I see a snowblower, I'm like, oh, this is probably moving to Idaho or somewhere, you know, where they need it. But, yeah, no. I mean, I'm just I'm literally worried about making sure it gets to the right city. And at that point, yeah. I, I don't care. Once I scan it to a pallet, I completely forget about it. Well, that's probably good. I mean, especially when you're. Dealing with how many packages did you say that you had? 33,000 or something? We did 33,000 on Christmas Eve. Um, we averaged 67,000 in a four-hour shift. Wow. Yeah. That is a lot. Yeah, it is. And a lot of it is small packages, what we call jiffies, things that come in envelopes. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's a lot of, it's a lot of packages, r- randomly shaped boxes. Uh, people will order bed frames, which are annoying to move around. Oh, yeah, I bet. We got to do that, too, so. Well, if anybody ordered something for Christmas off Amazon, Bobby's the one that got it to you, so you're welcome. Yeah, so, yeah, in the Pacific Northwest, and if it came via USPS, came through PDX5. We are the unicorn stable. (laughs) I'm not kidding. That's That's what we're referred to as. We are the unicorn stable, and we are the unicorns. Wow, you all sound majestic. I've always wanted to be one, and now that I am, you know, I feel special and complete in my life. Good. You are special. You're right. very special. We do have two inflatable unicorns as our mascots. <laughs> That's great. I will try and take a picture of them today. Yes, please do. At least one of them. Um, I think Bella is up front and then Benita is in the back. Nice. Yeah. Our mascot's a llama. I love it. They spit. The... <laughs> Yes, they do. <laughs> uh, but it stands for something. It's the the word llama. Like, it's for what we're supposed to do when we're on the phone talking to mortgagers. So sure. it's an acronym, and that's how we got llama. It's like, listen, listen again. That's why there's the two L's. Acknowledge, make a statement, and then I forget what the last A is. So, boom, llama. Acknowledge that you made the statement? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, acknowledge what they said, and then respond to it so make gotcha. a statement and then i don't remember what the last a is apologize maybe no probably not i no. can't i don't know acronyms are great yeah so especially when hey speaking of acronyms in the meteorology world we live by them oh yeah it's all about yeah nhc nws no yeah yeah triple point not really an acronym but you know what it means so yeah Comedy. All right, what do you guys have forecast wise coming up? Let's let's get the tr- let's get the show back on the rails. <laughs> so back to weather, the original conversation. Um nothing still um clear. Highs in the 50s, lows in the 30s. We have one day that's going to be partly cloudy, so looking forward to that. But other than that, yeah, nothing. 
Well, uh, we're model riding out here in the Pacific Northwest again, really hard. Um, so kind of until that happens, there's not much happening. Um, showers on and off a little bit breezy maybe, but you know, tonight through Wednesday, it's rain, rain, showers, rain, rain, rinse, repeat, nothing huge. Um, quarter to maybe half an inch. If that, uh, snow level between 2,500 feet and, you know, 4,000 feet and whatever happens there but nothing we're literally just waiting to see what the model solutions are see and i guess for me i'm just going to be paying attention to what's going to happen down around mississippi and alabama and stuff you know something to keep me weather entertained until oklahoma decides to join the ball game but for now we're just chilling here's how you know it's going to be boring when you pull up the hourly weather graphs or the hourly forecast graphs from the National Weather Service, right? You know, mm-hmm. they show the high-low temperatures. When everything is pretty much in a consistent straight line left to right, you know it's boring. Right. You're like, oh, this is really exciting. Woo. This is cool. The high temperature is going to be 47 uh, today, and then go out a day and a half, it's going to be 47 again. The low <laughs> temperature doesn't move. The wind doesn't change. The sky cover, the precip humidity doesn't change. Rain doesn't change. It's just like, oh, my gosh. See, and the thing is, like, nice, pleasant weather is nice. It is. It really is. You know, like, the dog's been able to be outside a lot. Because last winter was pretty brutal. It was freezing cold the whole time. But at the same time, it's like, can we get some action in here, some winter weather? Can we have some severe weather? Why does Alabama get all the severe weather? That seems unfair. Right. No, it's true. It's true. So. Yeah, there's just, it's not, I mean, like I said, it's kind of boring. I'm, and I'm sure somebody will chime in. Oh, you know, well, we got 27 inches. Okay, I'm, okay. If you get the snow, hey, major props to you. You guys scored and are lucky. Yeah. Everybody else is just going to sit back and complain. Exactly. So, <clears throat> well, you know, we we wait. We see. Uh, we continue to pray for the people of Australia. Hopefully that situation gets much better. Uh, you guys are in our thoughts in prayers, and I know that help is coming, and hopefully it gets there very quick, because um, that is a terrible situation. Yeah, that it's it's unimaginable, and definitely, like you said, thoughts and prayers constantly going out to them and all the firefighters and first responders. Right, and you know, we get it. We we see it here in the U.S. a lot, and we understand the pain that you are going through. So you know, like I said, we are with you guys. And, you know, hopefully this ends very, very soon. Yes, definitely. Well, I'm going to uh, I'm going to go polish up the seatbelt. Um, you know, <laughs> the 12Z just came out where, you know, what, four hours from the zero Z initiating. So that means the drunk uncle run will be out here in about six. So, yeah, ah, can't wait to see what uh, he pulls out on the 18Z GFS solution. And then we just uh, continue to wait to see what happens. Well, fingers crossed and uh, seatbelts buckled. Yes. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I can't wait to be talking to you next week. We got a shot at a snowstorm in day three. It's going to happen. <laughs> We're all going to be on the edge of our seats. Right. And then it Until will, then. Yeah, and then watch it gets to day one and the models have a huge like solution change and you're just like, no. 
<laughs> Pleasant and sunny. Yeah, yeah. The tears of many a weather nerd are, you know, being shed at the moment. <laughs> Comedy. All right. Another great edition of B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.